Welcome to the Be Free RE podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. All right, listeners, welcome back to episode two of the How Does Everyone Make Money in This Whole Real Estate Hustle series part two of the, of that series. And today we're focusing on property managers. These are people that take your property and they manage it, manage it. Yeah. This is sponsored by Limoncello, which is where John is. He's in Aroma. At least that's his background. Yeah. Bubba da Bucci. Uh, yeah. So tell me, how does a property manager make some money? Uh, my so let's talk about my background uh, with oh, property yeah. management. So okay. I do some property management um, for a limited set of real estate customers. I don't advertise my property management. His favorites. Services. My favorites. So every, all my customers are my favorites. Yeah, property management, or customer service 10. Um, so. Two. <laughs> Get out of here. Let's take the average at least. Um, so, uh, be self-conscious. It must be right. <laughs> so anyway, I do some property management for some customers. I um, have a lot of systems in place for my own properties, my own management. And then I also work with a lot of out-of-state customers that buy investment properties. So a lot of those customers uh, work with various property management companies. So I've had exposure to a lot of different um, pricing models, uh, structures, everything like that. So a lot of times when people think of property management, uh, what's the first thing that they usually ask? Like, What's a good percentage? Right. So a lot of times people are looking at the monthly percentage. And I will say that at least in my market, that monthly percentage range is typically somewhere between 6 and 12%. And that's consistent across a lot of the country. That percentage is just based on a percentage of the income of the property, typically. Gross so rents. you're looking gross rents, yep. Yeah. Um, but it could also include like any supplementary income though, too. Sometimes like laundry income or mm. or late fees or mm. pet fees, whatever, anything, anything coming in. So just gross income on a property, they're they're typically gonna take a percentage, whatever they've helped collect, more or less. Um, which also brings up another, I guess we can get into some of the caveats, but that's the primary thing that people are concerned about. And then the other one that you're going to see a lot is the leasing fees, right? So when you find a new tenant for Mm -hmm. a vacant property, Mm -hmm. they're going to charge you a fee to put somebody in there. What? What? And that fee is typically going to be anywhere between 50% and 100% of the first month's rent. Wow. Usually in my market, because rents are under $2,000 for most places, that's just going to be the full first month's rent. But if you are in a um, like more expensive market, maybe you can negotiate less. And that's one thing that we should mention is that the fees are typically negotiable at the property manager's discretion. discretion. How many units you have, how cool you are, 
all those different fun things. Yeah. What kind of tenants you got? Yep. Mm -hmm. What kind of, yeah. What area? So like if it's a, a lower income area where it might be harder to find like solid tenants that are going to be kind of easy on the property, um, they'll generally charge you higher management fee for an area where the rents are high, the incomes are high, the school districts are good, consistent tenants, nice properties. You can usually negotiate a lower rate. Mm -hmm. um, however, sometimes like for instance, for me, I set my fee and I just say, if you want to work with me, this is it. If you don't, I'm not really going to budge on the fees to try to get your business because it's a supporting business for me, not a primary business. Um, so don't hit me up with the negotiation because I'm not going to budge. Um, those are the two primary things. Two out of 10, folks. <laughs> right. Um, thanks. Wow. I really, got you so tilted really right now. Sell them a business. Um, anyway, <laughs> so you got your leasing fees, you got your regular fees. And a lot of times people, that's all they focus on because they don't think of all the other crap. So there's a whole bunch of other stuff. And what, yeah, you really, that. what you really want to look out for is a lot of times people will just go, they'll ask, they'll interview like five property managers, whoever has the lowest monthly fee, that's who they'll go with. However, normally with a property management company, if mm -hmm. they have a low fee, that means they're hitting you somewhere else. So there's usually going to be something else. Either their leasing fees might be more, or there's a bunch of other things in the management uh, contract that you want to look for. So these are things like a good question is your monthly fee. Are you charging that on rents receivable or rents actually collected? Oh. So are you still charging me that fee? Even if you aren't collecting the rents, some management companies will charge you just on whatever the rent would be. So mm -hmm. they're charging you monthly for that, whether they're collecting it or not. If that's the case, you want to tell them you're only paying them for what they actually collect because ding, ding. otherwise, what's the point of having them? Yeah, what is, I mean. Um, right. So that's, that's kind of like a, an off the bat type thing. Um, additionally, on leasing fees. So a lot of companies, they might charge you less per month but then the way they're making their money is a lot of times on those leasing fees because they're getting one month's rent every time they put somebody in. So they roll it over. So, right. So their, their incentive in that case, even if they don't, you know, like if they're an ethical person, they don't really want people to leave, but they might be placing people that aren't the best tenants or don't have the most consistent job just so they can make money every year re-renting the apartment. So then what does your fee become? It's not 8%. Then it's like, 16% because you're paying a leasing fee every year. It's, you know, it's more or whatever it would be. Um, so what I do with my customers and I, I don't know too many other property managers to do it again, like I said, this is a supporting business, not trying to sell my business, but I'll usually make a deal with them. And I'll say if, uh, if a tenant leaves after just one year of occupancy, their re-rental fee for the next year is just going to be 50% of the first month's rent. So instead of charging a full month's rent every time somebody gets put in, if they leave after a year, you didn't get any consistent occupancy, I'm going to reduce that leasing fee for you because it's not fair to you to have to pay that full month all the time. Mm -hmm. um, we also do it where if we have to evict someone within the first six months of them taking uh, the place, then the re-rental fee is free. We don't charge for that re-rental because if they leave if they have to get evicted within the first 
however much time um yeah. policies are subject to change if you're watching this like four years from now these might be different please watch an ad <laughs> indeed yeah for ajax and <laughs> windex we're on cleaning supplies yeah, yeah. um this yeah. is a landlord show so always cleaning anyway uh yeah so if it's an eviction, you know, you want them to be qualifying your people. Well, you shouldn't be having to evict that many tenants. Obviously in this business, you're not going to get away with never evicting someone forever. It happens. People can be screened that are great. However, if people are consistently getting evicted in the first six months, then there's a problem with the management company's screening practices probably. And you shouldn't be penalized for that. Uh, incompetency i guess we will call it um not every evict like i don't want to back myself into a corner not every eviction is because of incompetency but if it happens that every person you ever placed is evicted then it's like okay well these people suck uh, should probably find a new property manager but um but so that's how the leasing fees work and then some other things that you'll see with most management companies um including including me is there's usually a uh, renewal fee so even if someone stays for a year or two, usually there'll be like a, a renewal fee that comes up um, for them to sign their new lease. Usually that's because there's still some negotiation and some work and energy put into trying to get that tenant to sign a new lease. Um, so you'll pay, it's much less than a new tenant placement fee normally, but but there will be a renewal fee. Some places will charge like a technology fee or a portal fee or something that's usually minimum too. It'll be like a few dollars every month because they, a lot of companies have to pay for every unit that they add to their, their software. And that software is what's doing your, usually that's where you're going to get your bookkeeping and your uh, rent rolls and see like logging in and everything like that. That's part of the benefit of having a property management company is that they're doing some bookkeeping for you. They're not a bookkeeping company, but they are keeping tabs generally on the profit and loss of the building. Um, at least with all of the bills that they're paying for you, property management companies aren't going to pay all of your, your bills for you all the time. Um, that's an additional thing that sometimes they'll charge for. Like they might charge, they might charge you to pay the utility bills on your behalf. They may charge you to pay the, um, taxes on your behalf they might charge you if you're if you are refinancing the property and you need a certain set of documents set up they might charge you to prepare those documents because it could take if somebody is refinancing a property and they need all of their documentation prepared in a packet for the appraiser that's going to take you know two to four hours of the property manager's staff's time probably to collect compile all that stuff put it in a packet for you take the appraiser to the property, tour them through, schedule those with the tenants, do all that stuff. They might charge you a fee for that time. The one thing that you always want to ask, I'm sorry, I should stop. John, do you have any questions about that stuff? No, no. I mean, I would just, in general, I feel like uh, your property manager is like your air traffic controller. You know what I mean? They're just More directing stuff all over the place. And yep. to me, it feels like a river in Nichols. Uh, a lot saying. of times, yeah. but, uh, you know, you also, sometimes you're in a place where, you know, when you have enough spinning plates, you need to just say, Hey, we're going to spend the money on this. You know, I, I can't be doing all these things. So yep. that's, that's the trade off you have to think about. So, and then, anyway, you were so the one thing that you usually want to ask 
is you want to ask your property manager that when maintenance events happen, do I pay what the contractor actually costs or do I pay and you make a markup? A lot of times property managers make money on the spread of marking up repairs. So this could be totally fine. Like this could make sense. I mean, if they negotiate a rate with a, an HVAC company that you couldn't get elsewhere and they make a little bit of money on that, that might be fair. I don't, I don't personally do that, but I mean, you know, as long as you know that it's happening and you agree to it, it's not necessarily unfair. Um, but you just want to know if they're making money on the repairs if it's their own maintenance staff, then of course they're going to charge you a certain rate and their people are going to cost less. But if they're just contracting out all their repairs to subcontractors, you know, it's up to you to determine if it's fair or not to be able to pay them a, a markup on that, on that effort, that work. Um, Some kind of dispatching fee. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, it's, it's really not fair to just charge, um, upcharge maintenance for just general routine maintenance. Like somebody's toilet needs to be plunged. Like it's just part of the management fee that you have to dispatch a plumber. It's a pretty simple, uh, uh, you know, thing right there. Sorry. I, uh, cut off of the thing here. Can you hear You're me back? I see you and I hear there you. I am doing great. Low battery. Anyway. So, um, where was I? Yeah. So it's totally, you know, that's part of it in my opinion. However, if you want someone to manage like a renovation project for you, that's not property management, that's project management. And if you want someone to do that, then that's going to be an additional charge for project management, usually yeah. five to 10% of the project costs, at least in my market. That makes sense. So that's, that's um, some of it. Generally speaking, you should always just ask someone for a copy of their management agreement, and then you should ask them to summarize everywhere that they may possibly make money. Because there's other places too. Everybody does things differently. They might make money for evictions separately. They might make money for, you know, lots of different things. They might charge you an advertising fee for the apartments because now, for instance, Zillow started charging ten dollars a week for. Um, rental listings so i'm debating telling people like we market our listings we our rental listings we fill them pretty fast we don't use zillow anymore if you want us to put it on zillow you're gonna have to pay the zillow fee um because that can get pretty expensive i mean if an apartment's only 700 uh per month and you're only paying you know uh, one month's rent if i have that listed for you know, four weeks we're starting it or longer or whatever, we're cutting into cutting into the the profit from from leasing because then you pay your leasing agent. And this all comes down to my theory on property management. I always tell people that the issue with property management is that it is lose lose business. So realistically, property management is admittedly a lot of money for an investor to pay. I mean, you're probably going to pay 10% per month with leasing fees, renewal fees. If you're lucky, that's it. If not, you're going to pay all this other happy horse shit that we talked about, more or less. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you might have to bleep that for the YouTubes now. I don't, nah, I don't think, I don't think they let us. Uh, they're going to report us for adult content. Um, anyway. 
So for you as the investor, it is a pretty significant amount of money to take out of your profit. However, as the property manager, it's really not that much money to make. It's not a very high profit right. business. So you figure you're making maybe what? If you have a thousand dollar a month rental, yeah, one or two hundred bucks a month. Yeah, hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars per month when you really break it down. Yeah. That's great if nothing is happening, but the second you get a pretty complicated maintenance issue that you're dispatching a lot of people for, or the second that you have an eviction or you have an issue or anything like that, that management fee gets eaten up real fast. And usually management companies will have employees taking care of this. So that payroll, it just your fee will be eaten by payroll the second something big happens. That's why I say it's lose-lose because it's a lot of money for the investor to pay. It's not a lot of money for the manager to make. And this is why a lot of management companies are kind of trash. Um, I like to say you're doing well if you found an adequate management company because nobody's going to be great. Um, unless you find like, I think I do a pretty good job with it. But the reason why I do a good job with it is because it's not intended to derive profit for me. I'm doing it as a service to realtor customers. I'm not doing it as a standalone business that I want to be wildly profitable. My goal with property management is just, yeah. I want you to be successful so you continue to buy buildings. The money being made is as a real estate agent, not as a property manager. I'm just doing a good job so that you do a good job so that you make a lot of money and then you buy more properties. That's the deal. And I just want people to be, you know, well taken care of so that I don't sell them something that I say is going to work out great. And then because the property manager sucks, now the building sucks because the property manager will make or break your investment. I mean, they can, I've seen so many people get just screwed by incompetent property managers, basically. And yeah, a lot I mean, of, a lot in of it series can really screw you. That's my, yeah. Yep. And a lot of it is because they, a lot of them got, they have a lot of apartments being managed by not a lot of people. So, you know, it's a volume game. If you're, yeah. if you're a property manager by that's your business, that's your only business, then it's totally just a volume thing. So yeah. that's the shakedown on the property management. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts, questions? Um, no, I think the only thing maybe we didn't dive too deeply into is a good property manager should also kind of, uh, coach your tenants sometimes. So, you know, they should, be, they should not be dispatching the plumber when the water feels kind of cold from the hot water <laughs> tank or the hot right. water. There's not enough hot water or things like that. Right. They should right. be asking oh. questions. Correct. That's like what makes a good property manager, which yeah, can be really in our in our core for pick them like what you, you want should them. look for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll we'll do that segment at a later time. I guess the one thing we didn't go over actually is like what what makes you easy to work with. Like, why would a property manager work with you? Yeah, before we do that, so here's a rundown. Right, they're gonna make some some percentage of the first month's rent. Maybe there's some advertising fees that they take as well. They're going to make uh, some percentage of gross incomes either owed or actually collected. 
you should certainly focus on the collected part. Um, uh, and I believe you were saying six to 12% is a reasonable range somewhere in there, depending on your neighborhood type and your rent, et cetera, et cetera. And then there may be some markup for uh, dispatching and services. There may be markup on evictions. And in general, you should ask for a summary of any money-making opportunities for your property manager so you can just know what's what's what. Yep. All right. And now switching into how can you work with your property manager well to understand their non-economic incentives. So this is really... Really straightforward. All right. Number one, when stuff breaks, you got to fix it. Like you have to actually be an owner that fixes things because a lot of times you run into owners that want to just do the cheapest, cheapest possible repair. And if you are that type of owner, as somebody that does an okay job at this, I am not working with you. The second you tell me you're trying to do some cheapskate thing to fix something that's not actually going to fix it, I might I might close it out for you. But after that's done, we're done. What's like an example of that though? This is like I'm patching a roof. Like this is that's like, a good example. Like we've patched the same spot on a roof five times, and I'm telling you, you got to replace it, and you're not replacing it. Now I understand that sometimes there's not there's just not money. Uh, okay, fine. We'll keep repairing it. But almost everybody that gets into this needs to have reserves. And if you don't have reserves and you don't, and you tell me you don't have reserves, I'm probably not working with you in the first place. Um, because as a property manager myself, tenants will trash you online. You, your reputation can be trashed. You can be sued there's so much liability. There's all this other crap. And if your owner is not fixing stuff properly, then that's not someone you want to work with as a property manager. And I've seen a property management company with good reviews online. No one wakes up and says, Hey, I should leave I'm my guys review. a five yeah. star. It's always like, F these guys. Yeah. My trash can is too squeaky. Yeah. <laughs> One More star. But but yeah, those lawsuits, those are a real thing. And you know, if you're if you're putting me at risk for that, then then I'm not I'm not gonna keep working with you. Um, additionally, yeah, exactly. Additionally, is somebody who's like on that note, somebody who's a super penny pincher, like let's say, you know, there's a fifty dollar repair, and you're like, well, I want you to find somebody cheaper, like. If it's a big repair, I'll get you multiple bids. You know, I'll get like, if it's a roof replacement and you want three bids, I'll get you three bids. But if we're talking about like, hey, the trap under the sink is leaking, I'm not going to price shop three plumbers for that. I'm just going to send the one plumber that I know is going to take care of it correctly and promptly. I'm not going to just try to save you $10 with some cheaper plumber. Number one, because I know that usually that cheaper plumber's not going to do the right thing. And number two, it's just too much time and energy it goes back to how much you're actually making on the management fee to price out every small repair. Now, as a property manager, you should be doing that sort of thing routinely for your business 
um, just pricing out contractors that you're using and stuff like that's part of it. But for each individual job, you're, you're likely not collecting multiple bids for, for anything relatively insignificant. Um, Fair so enough. being a super penny pincher in that regard, we'll, we'll put you at the bottom of the person's list or just make them not work with you. Um, number three, another thing is just like kind of having the right expectations and understanding that problems happen. So even though your property manager is a professional that's supposed to handle issues, prevent them from happening in the first place, it's a people business and it's a property business and things come up and things happen. And if you're going to blow me up and you're going to be rude to me and you're going to scream at me just because something out of my control happened, then we're not going to have a very long successful relationship here. <laughs> um, I also tell people a lot of times like, you know that I own properties, you know that I manage them. I've talked to you about how I manage them. We're going to do things my way. If we, if you want to do them your way, then you manage it yourself because we're going to use my processes. I'm going to do things how I would do them. And if you're going to, you know, if there's a few things within reason that you want me to do, then I might modify my process a little bit, but generally speaking, we're sticking with my process. If right. you, you know, I'm not going to go out of my way to make my life difficult to do some crazy thing just because you want to do it. Um, you know, maybe I add it, if it's a good idea, feel free to suggest whatever, but realize that as far as the operations are concerned, it's my way or the highway, kind of like a head coach, like in, in, a, in a sport, like a general manager might give you some, something to work with. They might, you know, say, say whatever, but ultimately the coach has to have the final say with the tenants. The coach has to have the final say with all those different things, unless they ask for your input. Yeah. There are sometimes decisions where you have to ask. It's an open line of communication, but you can't be managing micromanaging your your property manager. It's macromanaging. Like that's you have to macromanage them, but the micromanagement of every little thing they do, I'm not gonna keep working with you. Like, yeah, and I mean from everybody we've talked to that that's just a symptom of the business, right? Like a property manager has to manage all these units. You know, they have all these things they're doing. And if, if there's not some standardization, uh, it's just going to be a nightmare for them. They're not going to be able mm -hmm. to have a high level of service. So, right. And it's then not, it's not a you thing. It's just like, that's the, dynamic. exactly. And then the last thing is just having an apartment worth managing in the first place. <laughs> like, you know, having a building that even if it's not in a great area, that it's at least presentable, rentable. You always get better tenants with nicer, with places that look nicely cared for. So not just the reactive maintenance that we talk about people paying for, but just that proactive thing, like making sure that they're nice, that they're presentable, that everything before somebody moves in is going to be fixed up. Um, your property manager will usually tell you like, hey, uh, I went in after this person moved out. This stuff could be a problem. You should fix it. Like having somebody that's actually going to invest in making sure that the building is pretty presentable and rentable is um, that's person. That's the kind of person that you're going to continue to do business with versus somebody that you will not. So All right. that's the um, that's the rundown. That's the guts of it. I like it. the The only other thing I've heard is property managers. If you have inherited tenants, they don't like that. Oh yeah. I, I tell people all the time, like if I'm inheriting tenants, 
you at least have to expect like a year, at least six months, six to 18 months where we're going to have to turn the building around. And you can't blame me for the building not making a ton of money in that first time frame because we're going to have to get everybody trained, right? If we're keeping them, like people need to understand how to request maintenance, how to pay their rent. You have to get them consistent. You have to keep the functioning adults, like the people who are, you know, actual responsible people. Um, And then you have to give me time to get rid of all the ones that, that suck. Yep. So, and in that case, I'm telling you which ones suck. And if you don't trust me, you don't believe me, you don't let me have leeway with that kind of thing. I'm dropping you because I'm not, I'm not going through trying to manage a bunch of children. That's not, you know, as a landlord, a property manager, I'm not trying to deal with children. Like I'm not their parent. I'm not their friend. I'm not, they're not a charity case. Like pay me the rent. I'll fix your stuff. Payment for services rendered. That's how his business works. And I'm not trying to get into all the intermediary crap. So all right, that's, that's exactly it. If you got inherited tenants, be cool that it's a process. And if you're not, then, well, good luck finding it. Then you're not cool. Sure. DN. Mic drop. Boom. Boop, Where can they find out more about us, buddy? Mm, 412-212-8366. 6666 <laughs> is our phone number. <laughs> 412-212-8366. Call us with your questions. Yeah, we're we on the gram. Tony's a 412 agent. Indeed. We're at we're B Free RE. B Free RE. We're gonna put up some some Instagram posts, some we got YouTubes, links. we got dot coms. And put this on the YouTubes. Yep. You can or see all merch. my you can see my sweet office in the background. You can see John's trip to, to Roma. Yeah, you can see Eat the pizza. pizza my last name's my last name's Engati, so I'm allowed to talk like this. All right. And if I do that, I think it's uh, cultural appropriation. Yeah. Good. See, it's not cool. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, man. All right, what else we got? That. Sign off. Sign off. Sign off. Catch you later, everybody. Bye. Peace. Bye.